And just like that, with U Sports and NCAAs done, another year of indoor track is in the books. And there are some fantastic moments for Canadians along the way, with leads taken and records broken. But with the end of one season comes the beginning of another. Some of the premier road races are just a few weeks away now, and soon the outdoor tracks will be busy with people in search of new PBs. On this week's episode, we'll talk with all of the above. Angus Rawling is the new U-Sport 3000m champion, and he'll join us in just a little bit. But first, the new fastest Canadian lady over 21one kilometers, Rachel Cliff, joins the show. You're listening to The Terminal Mile at The Terminal Mile on Instagram and Twitter, a Tracky Radio production. Rachel Cliff just ran a scorching half marathon in 110.08 in Woodlands, Texas, making her the fastest woman half marathoner in Canadian history. She hopes to follow up that performance with another big race at Commonwealth Games in just a few weeks, wearing the Team Canada singlet. So 110.08 in the Woodlands, Texas, that is pretty impressive, but it's also a Canadian record as well too. Going into it, did did you have that time in mind? Like, was that like in your consciousness that, that you're going to run that time that would be much faster than the old Canadian record? Uh, in some ways, I think we, we approached doing it to chase the Canadian record, obviously. I think we, um, we knew from some of my workouts and some of my pre- previous races that I hadn't been getting the most out of my half and I hadn't really been aggressive enough or maybe confident enough. So, um, yeah, we had kind of reasons to suspect that I could run 70 low. Um, but yeah, we really like there's so many pieces that that could have gone wrong, but it was kind of kind of the the A goal. But uh, but I my goal mostly was partially was to run a personal best as well and just kind of see how I respond to the experiment. So the thing with Houston is that you know everybody knows because that uh, that start list is circulated around everywhere. With this with this half marathon, you know there there wasn't exactly that hype and that build up and, and stuff you almost kind of flew in under the radar on this one is, is that something that that also you're trying to go for you know like if I do it I do it if I don't then whatever no one will know about it exactly I mean I think people would have found out eventually that I'd done a half marathon because I feel like you know things goes around but um but yeah we just didn't see a need of making making a big deal basically what it um, yeah, what it, we did in a few reasons we decided closer to the event to do it, but it ended up being a pretty kind of last minute decision. And so, um, in doing so, there just, there just was no upside to kind of making some announcement that, you know, you're chasing for the Canadian record when there were so many other, other things that could have gone wrong or just even just benefits to doing it. I mean, for me, I just, I did want more experience with the half marathon and that was a large part of why I was doing it. So we just didn't. You know, had I gone in and ran seventy one thirty, I think we would have gone home happy with that, and and there was just no point in kind of publicizing anything more than that. You know, I th- I think what we're we're all wondering because uh, you've gotten a little bit of spotlight on this, but uh, how is Chris doing? We I, I don't know. <laughs> Me personally, I I didn't know if he had a seventy minute half marathon, and and I'm still like I don't know what his training's like. How how did, how did he take it? Uh, I was a video on of him on my coach's Instagram of him walking across the finish line. So uh, <laughs> he's pretty tired. Um, he uh, he's good. I mean, it's not. Um, I mean, my coach kind of said he's like around ten miles. You and Chris might actually be in more of the same zone than you realize. He's obviously got the speed. I mean, like anytime he comes to do a workout, um, a he's obviously just a really talented athlete, and he he's maintained it pretty well without I think working that hard at it. But um, 
but yeah, the volume, I mean, he just, he's not training for a half marathon. He's jumping into a workout with me once a week, once every other week and going for 40, 50 minute off day runs. So, um, yeah, I would definitely say that he, especially the, the first half marathon they did, he lost like a toenail for the first time in his life. Like he was like, this is a tough sport. So, uh, I think the second one was actually a bit better on him. I think he was just a bit, even just having done the first half marathon, I think he was a bit more adjusted to the difference, the distance on the second one. So, um, you know, I, I know talking with, with you and Chris in the past, uh, there has always kind of been that, that game plan to, to move you up. I mean, you at one time, well, when you were back in university, you were a 1500 meter runner and, you know, slowly that moved to a 5,000 meter runner. You know, you are going to Commonwealth Games, which we'll get to in a little bit, and running the 10,000. Obviously, you've shown some really serious chops. I think probably your your best PB, uh, you know, according to to the Daniels table, is is now in the half marathon. You know, is this just another step along the way? Uh, you mean in terms of moving up or? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, yeah, it's the more long stuff I've done, kind of the better, the better I've responded to it. So, um, yeah, well, I think we're just really my coach and I just really trying to discover kind of the type of training I respond to best. And it's definitely the longer stuff. I mean, anytime I do speed work, it's like hitting my head against the wall and you get marginally faster, but not really any big benefits. And, um, yeah, so no, I, I've been really kind of focusing more on the, on the longer distances. I mean, I still would love a 5k PB and I think I could do that, but that's not going to be likely a big focus for me in the future so commonwealth games coming up in you know just just a few weeks now uh taking a look at that that 11008 if you look at mercier which you know it is what it is but you know it, it kind of looks like you if it was an all-out race you could you could almost take that canadian 10k record um where where's your head at with that like is that is that something that's on your mind now too i mean for sure you don't want to discredit natasha because i'm sure that that record's in her mind as well. So, I mean, I could see a situation where we, when we both run it. Um, and so, you know, who knows how long, you know, how long that'll stand or, or not. But yeah, the, this summer I was actually pretty confident that I was in 31, 30 shape. There was enough workouts I'd done that were in that zone that I really, we really thought I had a good shot at that at Worlds. And then, I don't know if you watched the race, but it opened in about 651, 652 to 2K. So mm-hmm. um, even then I closed, my last 8K was on pace for it. But um, but yeah, so I mean, championship races are tough. Like it, it, like I would love to be in that fitness. And, and again, kind of focusing on myself here, I'd love to run a big PB and get under 32 minutes because 32.0003 is kind of a sad personal best to have. But um but I mean, especially something like Commonwealth Games, I mean, it's really going to depend on the day, how, how things go. And my fitness seems to be good, but I mean, there's no guarantees in these long distances that it's going to play out even internally as you expect on that day. So would you say that, that you're the type of runner who, you know, would take that performance in the half marathon, which was, you know, obviously a really big breakout for you and, and take that momentum and move it towards, you know, like a 10K or, or any, of, any of your races that you're going to be tackling in the near future? Um, yes and no. I mean, I think I tend to be kind of on the side of being hard on myself. And I think, um, yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's a huge confidence booster going in to kind of know you're on track. But I, I find it's not so much one day as it is 10. You know, I've had some consistent workouts, some consistent mileage. And I'm been happy, I was happy with where I was before that half. And then this kind of solidifies things. But you don't, you don't really want to get ahead of yourself or kind of 
get too high when you have a good result and, and get complacent. So I try to avoid that mindset of, you know, being like, okay, I did this, now I'm going to do that. Um, but, you know, obviously it, it's um, going to give me some confidence as far as like what paces, especially in my next half marathon, as far as what, what I feel comfortable going out in and, and holding and knowing what, you know, what level I can compete at compared to before. I think, you know, speaking of, of that mental side of the sport, I think we would be remiss to um, not mention the fact that, that you were on uh, on the Rob Watson show a little earlier this year and, and you talked about the whole Rio experience. And I, I strongly suggest to to anyone listening who hasn't listened to that uh, to, to go listen to that because it's uh, it's uh, it's it's really moving radio. That That's for sure. And I have to think like are you the type of person to, to almost carry like a, a chip on your shoulder to go into races knowing that you have something to prove and, you know, knowing that you have 2020 on the horizon and that's something that, that is so big to you? Actually, it's funny. I've really tried to, I could, I could see that, but I've actually really tried to avoid that. I mean, when I first came back in 2016, um, absolutely. Um, I was kind of thinking that way. And I mean, the nationalist class country being kind of, in that mindset, but I, I honestly, in a in a good way, have kind of put it not behind me. I mean, it's something I still think of, not every day, but most days, and it's something that especially if I, um, you know, the Winter Olympics might upset me a little bit more. But um, but yeah, when I race, it's not it's not a happy place to to be coming from, and I find distance running is all about being calm and relaxed. And then if you're coming through it with that type of negative energy and something to prove and that much anger, it's it's not productive. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you train with with BCEP with the BC Endurance Project, and there there are some really great runners uh, out there right now. Who who are some of the people that you're matching up with? Um, mostly, well, obviously Chris comes out, and then Kirsten Lee, who I'm not sure if you know, but she's she's Richard Lee's daughter. She um, yeah, she her and I overlap a lot for the the fastest stuff. She's pretty speedy, so um, so we'll kind of trade off leads whenever we're doing basically any interval that's a K or shorter we'll, we'll work together on. Um, and then just having having the group and that high-performance group. I mean, Richard might do something where um, maybe the girls will start ahead and, and Luke and Justin will chase us down. Um, so there's kind of creative ways he does to overlap it, but um, but I do definitely do some work on my own as well. You know, obviously uh, Commonwealth is, is, is the big thing that's on your horizon right now. Um, but you know, are you looking to uh, to head down to California? Maybe hit some some of the big fast races down there this spring. Yeah, I'll um, I'll do that for sure. So I'm going to do yeah, Commonwealth Games, and then um, then I'll have a I compete pretty early. So I'll actually have a bit of a, a few days down there, just just on my own with my family, which will be nice. And then when I come back, um, I'll do the Sun Run in Vancouver, um, kind of a local road race, and then and then definitely go down and kind of do the traditional California races and. Uh, do a 10k probably do a few 5ks something like that and uh and we have to ask just because i mean it's there now that you're the half marathon record holder is uh is the m word is that uh you know is that on your mind is is there a debut coming yeah yeah for sure i think i mean i it's twice the distance of of a half marathon obviously so i don't want to go into it with any um any false illusions that it's going to be easy to come naturally to me, but it's, um, everyone, everyone can see it. I think it would be silly not to, not to give it a try. So we're definitely talking about, um, just taking, making an attempt at it at some point in the next year. Um, so I might end up wrapping my track season a little bit shorter to, to switch the focus that way. Um, 
but yes, it, it, I'm pretty excited about it, but it's, there's obviously a lot of, of work that needs to be done and kind of a change in mindset. So, um, yeah, that, that makes sense. So I I know that uh, in talking with you in the past and stuff that uh, you know trying to create that that athlete um, fan connection is is pretty important to you um, you know so if you want to throw out some some handles and stuff so so people can can follow along with your journey. So on Instagram I'm at um, at Ray Cliff so R A E C L I F F and on Twitter I'm at uh, at un- dangerous underscore Cliff. Well. As you head into into Commonwealth, uh, you know, kind of kind of riding this this high off the uh, off the big half marathon, we'll definitely be cheering for you, and we'll be following along as you uh, as you take on some of those other races this season. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, this won't be your last Canadian record for the year. We're we're really crossing our fingers. But uh, thanks a lot for for taking the time uh, to be on the show this week, Rachel. Yeah, thank you so much for reaching out. Angus Rowling is the new U Sport Indoor three thousand meter champion. The CNFX runner has had an exciting year of PBs and looks to have a fast future in front of him. We caught up with him earlier this week. So the thing with 3Ks is that like you don't know what kind of race you're going to get. And, um, you know, whether it's going to be, you know, slow and, and kick at the end or if it's going to be, you know, like super fast right from the start. What were you prepared for going into, into that big U sport race? Um, I was kind of trying to prepare myself for anything. I mean, if it was too slow, I probably would have um, gone up to the front and picked it up. But thankfully, Sergio uh, did that for me. And uh, uh, it was just like uh, I watched the OUA race the week before, and I saw that Jack liked to make that move at um, 1,500 to go, it looked like. And um, so I was kind of waiting for that. And then he never uh, he never came up on my shoulder and I didn't know that he had, uh, fallen back or was sick. So, um, with 800 to go, it was, I kind of just was like, I guess this isn't quite what I had expected, but I've got to go now because there's guys like, uh, Royden ran sub 50 or around 50 seconds for the 400 and a relay split in the summer. So I knew that if I left it too late, I didn't really want to have to deal with that. <laughs> For sure. I mean, like I was looking at your at your PBs before this, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but like uh, your 800 PB is, I mean, like in comparison to like your 5,000 PB is is really not all that impressive. So, like yeah. I, I have to think that that you're one of those guys who like you need to you need to go pretty much right off the top. Then, yeah, it's got to be it's got to be quick. I like I mean a longer surge from further out I can handle, but. If it comes down to the last 200, there's a lot of guys that are going to get me. <laughs> so, um, you know, what, when did you hear from, from Coach Eric? Because from what I could tell, he wasn't actually in Windsor. Yeah, so he was. Um, he's gearing up for New York, uh, the half marathon this weekend. So um, he, um, just to avoid uh, traveling too much around, and the, the flight from Windsor was a bit uh, long as well because, getting to Windsor from Anaganish is not the most ideal, um, scenario. So he was, um, he's gearing up for New York and wanted that to really be a priority. And so, and Bernie's still the head coach this year too. So, um, that was his, uh, he, he got the first call on who went and, um, since Eric wanted to spend the time to get ready for New York and really have a good race there, um, 
Bernie was the uh, one that stepped up to go. Uh, you, you know, I've I've met Erica a couple times. He he seems like a re- a really great guy, and he he seemed like he was. Uh, it it wasn't a big surprise uh, to me that he he wanted to become a coach because he really seemed to almost be uh, like a real leader within that in that Speed River Marathon group. Yeah, yeah. I I have to wonder what uh, what kind of dynamic has that added uh, since you guys have added uh, you know Eric to Eric to the crew. Yeah, it's been a huge addition. Um, I mean, just like having a two ten marathoner telling you what kind of shape you're in gives you a lot of confidence that you're actually in that kind of shape. Uh, before I went down to to Boston, we were, um, uh, which is where I ran my three K PV, um, we were talking about what what it would take to run um, under eight ten, what he thought that I could run, and what I thought I could run. And he was like, "I've never seen anybody as as ready to go under eight ten as you are." And whether or not he was just saying that to build up my confidence after a tough workout, or if it was um, him believing it, him saying that gave me a lot of belief that I could go out and do it so um I wasn't scared when the pace was hot and just kind of held on from there but just I find this year when uh Bernie still made a lot of the uh the training plan and stuff so he didn't have as much uh influence there but with just the mental aspect before races and uh I faced a lot of injury problems in the cross-country season and just getting you focused uh, for every race the way that you can be successful was a big key in um, maintaining the level of success that I've had so far this year. So if I'm not mistaken, that that uh, 3K indoor uh, PB that, that you got this year was actually the school record. And correct me if I'm wrong, it was actually Eric's school record, was it not? Yeah, so that was uh, Eric's school record was Eight eleven twenty one, I think, <laughs> and uh, I had stared at that uh, that number on the board for quite a while over the last three years, not ever thinking that it would really be something that I'd touch while I was here coming in as an eight fifty six guy uh, out of high school. But as things started to progress, I started to take a closer and closer look at it, and sure enough, uh, the stars aligned, and I got a good shot at it down in Boston this winter. Well, you know, I have to say it's it's been a really great uh, winter for you. Not only did you capture that that U Sport Championship in the, in the three thousand, but uh, you know, you, you had a couple other uh, PBs and, and a couple other distances. What do you think the the main difference has been uh, this time around? Uh, well, I think mainly for me, it was it's been kind of a build ever since I got to Saint Effects in the first place, uh, waiting for this to kind of keep transpiring and um, in my first year I kind of uh, stagnated a little bit and uh, PB by nine seconds but then ever since then uh, the group of guys that I had to train with the last two years really uh, put a level of uh, work ethic and what it means to be a Saint athlete and a bunch of other uh, just training fundamentals into my uh, repertoire and how I uh, how I train and how I prepare for things and then Eric coming in this year and just notching it up that level it's it's kind of just all been the perfect storm to lead to um, succeeding at a number of different distances because without a lot of those guys I don't quite know where I would be right now you know you uh, you 
I can't think that there have been a lot of guys from from Calgary making the trip out to the East Coast. Oh, you know what? Uh, what was the, the what was the whole idea of, of choosing Saint FX uh, to to run? You know, post high school. Um, there was a there was a lot of different factors. Um, it was uh, it's a question that I get asked a lot because it's a long <laughs> trip, and I get reminded um, quite frequently. Uh, that it's uh, not a cheap trip home, <laughs> but um, the uh, uh, I mean, my parents gave me uh, the support to make the decision uh, wherever I wanted to go um, to school, and I came out for a visit to Saint FX in uh, around final exam season, actually, and I just kind of fell in love with the place and the team uh, that they that Bernie had put in place. And it was just one thing after another that nobody had anything bad to say about it. And apart from there not being an indoor track, which was something that I initially had thought would be really important. Um, it just all, everything else made sense. So it was something that I was willing to put aside and uh, schooling wise, it was the right thing for me. And the effort that Bernie put into getting me here was more than I saw from a lot of other coaches like they really wanted me here and he saw me as somebody who could um, over my four years become somebody to contend for uh, like at CIS whereas a lot of other coaches kind of saw me as like a guy who could come in and be a fifth scorer maybe by my fourth year so it was uh, it was nice to have somebody that believed in what I could do uh, in the end, and uh, I'm happy that I proved him right. <laughs> <laughs> now I have to think uh, culturally, being in you know a place like Calgary is, is got to be a lot different than than being in the Maritimes. How how has that adjustment been? Um, it was. It's probably easier coming this way than it is going back that way. <laughs> uh, the people here are just so awesome, and there's so many places to run, and. Uh, like it, it was a culture shock at first because you don't have, there's not a lot to do necessarily outside of school events. Like you can't go to, um, like a, the movie theater shows one movie every week, and the um, the bowling alley is manual scored, and the pins are like tip over, but they stay like it's just like all kind of like a bit different. Mm. Um, in Calgary but you, like it's still so much fun because it's more about the people that you're around than it is about uh, the facilities or it is about what's there and that's what I found made the adjustment really easy is that I've been surrounded by great teammates and great um, just everything else here is perfect and the facilities are great still even though um, they're not like state-of-the-art technology they're still like you can still have a lot of fun playing around with the different games that they've got around here and just hang out in the schools. Awesome. <laughs> you know, there, there's been a real rise of, uh, of Alberta distance runners, uh, lately. I, you know, I want to know, have you, have you been in touch with, with guys like, uh, like Trevor Hoffbauer and, uh, like Rory Linkletter? Uh, yeah, I've, I've been in touch with Trevor quite a bit. Me and Rory, uh, went on a long run last year over Christmas, but not uh, a ton with him. More with um, like Royden, uh, Radowitz, Russell Pennick, um, Alex James, like st- like a lot of the guys that were 
in and around my high school year because um, we had some like pretty fun battles in high school. So now when we see each other at uh, national championships and when they see each other at Can West, I guess it's just fun to kind of reminisce about those days and then race it out again uh, for our different teams. So, you know, I have to know you've had this, you've had this really good, um, uh, in the indoor season, I know we were talking beforehand about, uh, you know, something that's immediately in the future for you, but, uh, what's, what's the spring season looking like for you? Uh, well, uh, so the FISU team, uh, at the beginning of April, I just found out about that last night. And then, um, I've got, I'm thinking about doing, uh, 5k in the States, maybe at the end of April. Um, and then I've got, uh, probably do some like local races around Calgary and then I'm going to do Ottawa 10 K, uh, is the plan right now. And then senior nationals again, I had a good time there last year. So see if I can do that again this year. <laughs> hey, that, that sounds like a plan. And, and, you know, I'm wondering is, is that kind of where you see your future, you know, in the, in the 5k and up? Uh, yeah, I, I like the 5k right now. I mean, we'll see where the speed maxes out. Cause as you mentioned earlier, my 800 isn't, uh, isn't quite comparable. So eventually who knows, like I might not have the top end speed to compete at that distance, but I'll move up when I have to. And as long as I'm enjoying the distances that I'm running, then I don't really have a problem staying there, but yeah, moving up is probably in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, man, enjoy it while you can. I mean, you are the U Sport 3000 meter champion for 2018, and that is uh, that is no small feat taking a look at that field. Thanks a lot for, for being on the show this week, man. Thank you very much for uh, calling me and chatting with me. That wraps up another edition of the Terminal Mile. Big thanks to my guests this week, both Angus and Rachel, as well as to Tracky for their ongoing support. If you want to find us online, you can do so on Instagram and Twitter. At the Terminal Mile, we're also on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, and of course, Tracky.ca. Big thanks to you for listening. This has been the Terminal Mile, a Tracky Radio production. Mm-hmm.